Well, there, there's something going on that is very important for us to see this morning from this cartoon. I don't know about you, but I spent a lot of my time growing up watching cartoons. Probably too much time. And in watching these cartoons, what I came to realize and understand very quickly is there is a lot of foolishness going on in cartoons. And, and it's, it's foolish, right? Just think about it. It's, it's foolish for Wile E. Coyote here to, to think that he's ever going to run that roadrunner down. That's just a lot of foolishness. And it's foolish when we think about Elmer Fudd that he is ever going to somehow catch Bugs Bunny. And it's foolish to think about uh, about Tom, the cat, that he's ever going to get something over on Jerry. You see, it's just foolishness on their part to think that what they're doing is ever going to turn out okay for them. As, as I watched these cartoons, and maybe you did too, there, there became, to, I began to see there is a very uh, a clear and obvious conclusion that as I see them doing those things, that the conclusion is is that um, Wiley Coyote and and Buck and uh, Elmer Fudd and, and Tom need to do one important thing: they need to wise up. I mean, they need to wise up to the fact that things aren't going to work out like they think. I mean, how many times are you going to fall off that cliff, Coyote, before you wise up? And, and, and how many times are your plans going to blow up in your face, Elmer Fudd? And, and how many times is Jerry going to drop a piano on your head, Tom, before you ever wise up before you figure out that what you keep doing and what you're building your life on is never going to actually work out. And a matter of fact, what it's always going to do is it's always going to lead to failure. Some kind of failure. Cartoon foolishness can be very funny. But when it comes to real life, foolishness is no laughing matter at all. This morning we are bringing to an end this series titled Summer on the Mount, Life Beyond the Ordinary. And as we bring this series to an end, to a conclusion, as I bring it to a close, I I want us to, again, allow Jesus to paint a picture for us. And he's not going to paint a cartoon, but what he is going to paint for us is, in fact, a picture of foolishness. And it's, it's a picture, once again, that's going to show us the ordinary versus the beyond ordinary lives that we can and often live out. And so I want you to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. 
And we're ending this sermon on the mount that Jesus has been talking about. And he's bringing his words, I think, to a particular crescendo. And he has something to say and helps us to see the difference between ordinary and beyond ordinary lives. Read along with me verse 26. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them in practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell. It fell with a great crash. You know, even if you're not a home builder, even if you've done no framing, you've done no carpentry, uh, carpentry work, you've, you've built nothing in your life, you realize that building on sand is very, very foolish. I mean, we've spent enough time in the sandbox. We've spent enough time on the beach building sand castles. We've even watched the sand flow through the hourglass. And we understand that sand is so incredibly unstable. It's not something that you would ever want to build anything on. And the question that comes to my mind, if that is so obvious to all of us, why would someone be so foolish as to build the most important to excuse me, to invest the most amount of their lives and the welfare of their family in a house that's built on sand. Why would anybody do that? What's the point that Jesus is trying to get to here? This sounds so absurd. Why would someone actually attempt to do this? Well, the answer is, is, is this, is that the builder has chosen to ignore the obvious. Now follow along with me here. The reason why this person is building on sand is because they have chosen to ignore one very obvious reality. And that is this, that a storm will destroy a house built on sand. I mean, it seems okay to be building out here on sand, but you're ignoring the obvious, the fact that at some place and sometime a storm is going to come and it's going to rain and it's going to blow and it's going to beat down on this house and it's going to collapse. Foolishly ignoring the obvious really is what Jesus has been talking about in the verses leading up to this parable about the wise and about the foolish. You see, right before he speaks about this foolishness and the obvious foolishness of it, he, he shows us something else that's obvious. He says, it's obvious that bad trees can't produce good fruit. That should be obvious. And it's obvious that people who say, Lord, Lord, who feign closeness with God, but practice all kinds of evil doing, those people can't obviously be close to the Lord. It's obvious that that's not true. So now with this parable, Jesus is once again pointing out something that is extremely obvious. Here it is. 
Jesus is pointing out to ignore the coming storm and build one's life on spiritual sand. We'll get more uh, talk more about that in a moment. But to build one's life on spiritual mindsets that aren't consistent with God, to do that is foolish. It's extremely foolish. What's going to happen is, is when you do that, you're going to experience a great failure. So as we think about that failure as a result of building on the sand in the storm that's coming, the question might be here is, well, what is that storm? And as you look at it, you might think, well, the the storm might actually be just uh, temptations. Maybe Jesus is talking about temptations that come into our lives and, 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 and they beat down on us and they, they sort of rock us and they cause some type of spiritual failure. Well, well maybe Jesus is talking here about um, trials, that there might be some trial at some point that comes into our lives that beats on us and that, that rains down on us and disturbs us so much that it causes some type of, uh, of, of challenge or detriment to our faith and some type of spiritual failure. That could be, in fact, those things are true. But what I want you to do is look with me in the text and understand that if we follow the flow of the text here, This storm that Jesus is talking about, the storm that Jesus sees on the horizon, is the coming judgment of God. That's the storm that he's bringing. It's the eternal spiritual destruction that is the result of foolishly building lives on on, on mindsets that are completely inconsistent with the will and the ways of God. He's been warning his listeners. Look, look back with me in the verses here in chapter 7. He's been warning about coming judgment for several verses now. As he talked about people in, in chapter 7 in, in verse 13, as he's talked about people who are out there and they're walking and pursuing the broad way, he said those people are on the foolish path that leads where? It leads to destruction. That's judgment. That's what he's talking about. And when he talks about bad trees that produce bad fruit and that those trees are going to be cut down and cast in the fire, he's talking about the coming judgment of God. And when he talks about people who say, Lord, Lord, and yet they practice evil and all kinds of, uh, uh, of wrong, when he says, the Lord will say, I never knew you, depart from me, you practicers of lawlessness or wickedness or evil, he's talking about judgment. He's talking about God's judgment. So all of these verses leading up, he's been talking about the judgment of God over and over and over again. And so now as he gets to this parable, he again is warning people who have built their lives on sand that there is a storm coming It is the judgment of God. 
So yes, it could be trials in life, it could be temptations of life, but consistent with our text in the context, Jesus is warning people that this storm that's coming, it comes to every man and it comes to every woman, is in fact the judgment of God. And so because that is true, because that judgment is coming, the question again is, is what's the sand? Okay, if the storm is a judgment of God, then what's the sand? What is the thing that I want to avoid building my life on? What's the, what's the thing that I don't want to, to uh, sink all of my spiritual vitality into in this world? Well, once again, as we think back through our series, as we think back through the Sermon on the Mount, what I want you to see and recognize is that Jesus has always, throughout this whole sermon, been telling us what sand looks like. Now, now go back with me. Go back to chapter 5 and, and, and walk with me through these texts. And we're not going to spend a lot of time here, but I want you to see. To build my life on letter perfection is to build my life on sand. To build my life believing that I can be right with God by simply living the letter of the law and not having a heart for God, to believe that is to build my life on sand. And then in chapter 6, verses 1 through 18, Chris talked about this in his sermon. To build my life on religious theater. To believe that just because I can fool Jeff and just because I can fool Ben in the way that I'm acting spiritually doesn't mean that I can fool God. To build my life on that foolishness is to build my life on sand. And then to build my life on earthly securities. I talked about this in the sermon. To build my life on believing that storing up more of earth's treasures provides me with greater long-term spiritual security than storing my treasures up on heaven. That's to build my life on sand. And to build my life on Lord, Lord... Believing that I can simply claim closeness and fellowship and association with God and that my ungodliness and my continued disobedience to God is, is going to be ignored, to believe that is to build my life on sand. And so you see in all of these texts throughout this Sermon on the Mount, he's been making it clear that as he looks out into the realm of humanity, as he looks down into the valley of where people are building their lives, what he actually sees is a bunch of sandcastles. He sees a bunch of spiritual houses, ordinary spiritual lives that are built on sandy beliefs that will not stand up under God's testing. They look sound, they look like they're okay, but in the moment of judgment, they're not going to pass the test. Those lives, they're going to suffer what Jesus says is a great crash. Like I said, cartoons can be funny. 
But when we're talking about foolishness in real life, that's no laughing matter. That's no laughing matter at all. But here's the good news. The good news is that this great crash that Jesus is talking about doesn't have to happen. It doesn't have to happen to anyone if they will build wisely. Instead of being foolish and, and building our lives on sand, if, if we build our lives wisely, then we don't have to worry about that great crash. Go back to your text in chapter 7. Listen to what he says about that. He says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the stream, streams rose, and the winds blew and built against the house, and yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. You see, Jesus is making it clear in the first part of this parable that to build wisely, listen and follow this, to build wisely is to hear and to practice Jesus' words. This foundation, this rocky foundation that we build our lives on are the words and the practices of Jesus Christ. It's in hearing and practicing Jesus' words that we wisely build what he has been saying he wants us to build all along. Is he, He's saying to, to build on my words, to hear them and to practice them, builds beyond ordinary lives that will not crash, that will not collapse under the testing of God's judgment. That's where we want to build our lives. And as followers of Christ, the good news today is, is that's exactly what we're doing. Is that we're building our lives on the words and practicing those words of Christ. Our ability to overcome the judgment that is coming because we hear and practice Jesus' words. Jesus tells us and assures us that this is going to happen. That our security is in place. Listen to what he says in John chapter 5 and verse 24. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, he, listen, he who hears my words, there it is. And believes him who sent me has eternal life. Follow. And does not come into judgment, but passes out of death into life. He's saying this is solid foundation. My words, you build on those, and you're not going to experience collapse. What you're going to experience is eternal life. And again... This isn't anything new. Jesus isn't just waiting to the end of the sermon to reveal this truth. He's been talking about it all throughout the sermon. We've been talking about this all throughout the series uh, that we've been preaching. Jesus has been teaching us the wise beyond ordinary rock-solid words upon which we can build wise beyond ordinary rock-solid lives. He's been talking to us about that throughout his entire sermon. You see, as we hear and practice Jesus' words, he told us 
that we're building blessed lives. Go back to chapter 5, verses 3 and following. If we're building on his words, we're building blessed lives. A life that is marked by the kind of humility and sorrowfulness, sorrowfulness of sin, the kind of gentleness, the thirst for righteousness, mercifulness, purity of heart, peacefulness, and steadfastness under persecution that, sh- excuse me, that shows us to be people who belong to the kingdom of God. That's what we're building on, amen. That's what we're building our lives on. And that type of building gives us the assurance that our lives will not fail. But he goes on, as we hear and we practice Jesus' words, we we build a light life. We talked about that. Chris talked about that in chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. He he told us that, that... where this type of life is where we become more than religious glow sticks. You remember that? We become more than religious glow sticks. What we become by following Jesus' words are, is light, a beacon of light, a beacon of truth and righteousness and goodness that has the power not just to sort of to, to illuminate just around us, but to pierce the very darkness in this world to the glory of God. And, and, and you see, that's the kind of rock-solid life that we're building in Jesus this day. And as we follow him through our lives, that's what we want. That's what we're doing. But Jesus goes on in the Sermon on the Mount. And he says, as we hear and, and practice Jesus' words, we're building a heart life as well. Look at chapter 5, verses 21 through 48. In that, what he's saying is we're building a life where our hearts are in tune with God's heart, and we're not just simply trying to keep the letter of the law. And when we do that, and as we do that, brothers and sisters, we are in in fact building a rock-solid life in Jesus Christ. But there's more. As we hear and as we practice Jesus' words, we are building an upward life. Chapter 6, 1 through 18. It's a life where we're always looking upward to God. Instead of looking out to men, instead of looking out to people and getting their affirmation and getting their praise, we're looking upward and we're looking beyond humanity and we're looking into the face of God and we're looking to please Him and get our affirmation and approval from Jesus and not from men. And when we do that, we are building rock-solid lives. But there's more. Jesus uh, shows us more in chapter 6 in verse 19 through 34. As we hear and practice his words, we're building confident lives. This is where where all of our doubts and all of our what-ifs are kept in check through trusting in the Lord. Instead of always being anxious, instead of always worrying about what's going to happen to us in this, this life, what we're doing is we're trusting in the Lord, and as a result, He is blessing us with everything that we need. And when we do that, brothers and sisters, we're building rock-solid lives in Jesus. And then... As we hear and practice Jesus' words, we're building the seeking life. 
We talked about this from chapter 7 and, and verses 1 through 14. We're always seeking God's favor and always seeking not the wide path and the wide way. We're seeking the narrow path and the narrow way. And as we do that, that path always leads it to everlasting life. And that's the type of life we're building as we listen and practice the words of Jesus Christ. And finally, as we hear and practice Jesus' words about building fruit-filled lives, chapter 7, verses 15 through 23, this is where our lives, Bill talked about this last week, this is where our lives are actually rooted in Christ where we become these good trees that are producing good fruit because we are building and rooting our lives in Jesus Christ himself. You see, this is the life, listen to me and hear this, this is the life that we are building. As followers of Jesus Christ today, we're building rock-solid lives that never will encounter the crash. Because they have been built on Jesus' words. You see, we are building beyond ordinary lives that do not fear the coming judgment of God. Because like Jesus has said, we have passed out of death and into eternal life by his words. By his words. Evidently, Wiley Coyote and Elmer Fudd and Tom the Cat, evidently they're never going to wise up. They haven't now for 60 years. And I don't think they ever will. And, and, and that's okay because as long as they don't wise up, we get to continue to laugh at their foolishness. But when we step out of the cartoons and into the real world, again, there's nothing funny about foolishness at all. So the encouragement this morning, the encouragement of Jesus today is build wisely. Build wisely. If you look around and if you're looking at your life today, and you see nothing but sand, you see no evidence that you're living and building your life on the words of Jesus, the encouragement this morning is simple but is important. Build wisely. Start making the words of Jesus the foundation of your life and let him build you into a spiritual house that will never fall. This morning, the words of Jesus are power for you today. And they begin by you putting your faith in Jesus Christ. By confessing him to be the Lord of your life. By entering into baptism where he rebuilds you. Forgives you of your sins and rebuilds you into a holy person. That will inherit eternal life. Let's do that today while we stand and while we sing.